Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what's been on my mind lately. Um, and this particular week, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about transformation. And I think that might be because my foot anniversary is two days away. So on December 18th of 2018, I was hit by a car while, dri- while driving my motor scooter and my left foot was crushed between the car's bumper and my motor scooter and it's on impact amputated half of my foot all five of my toes and the ball of my foot now at the time I was dancing full-time I was dancing three nights a week I was teaching regularly I was traveling teaching workshops and I was probably at the peak and height of my career I had finally figured out as a stripper how to save for retirement and how to save my money put it aside for taxes so I was being like a proper you know uh, functioning adult in society and really making sure I was looking out for my future and and all of a sudden I lost half my foot and my completely my life was just completely changed in a matter of seconds and you know I've been thinking a lot I've been reflecting a lot on the last year and where I am now compared to where I was last year and the transformation that has um, brought me like where I am now is completely different and something that's been ringing through my head is something my uncle said to me really recently which is a leopard can't change its spots and I was just looking at him from across the table thinking yeah they fucking sure can you know um I was so when I when I got to the hospital the next day I had a a um a psychiatrist come into my room and proceeded to tell me all of the different substances that were in my system (laughs) and asked me if I was okay. Um, It's not to say that I had a substance abuse problem, but I definitely was operating on a different level. I was partying a lot more. um, And even though I was in control of my life, I was still kind of floating around without any real strong purpose. And right now I can tell you my purpose is extremely clear and extremely defined. And I feel like because of that transformation, because my foot got crushed, like I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that moment and for the transformation that it's it's led to and the person I am today. And it's only been a year. And, um, you know, I say all of that to say that even what may seem to be the worst thing that's ever happened to you, it the, the most beautiful things can come out of it. And it all depends on your mind frame and your mindset. And I think that a lot of like cliche things that people say, I just want to remind you that that's all fucking bullshit. Money does grow on trees. Leopards can change their spots and you can lose weight and keep it off forever. So like, I mean, that's just an example. Those are just examples. But all I can think about is transformation. And so, you know, just words of encouragement. If you've been wanting to transform your life, um, there's no better time than the present. And fuck January 1st. Do whatever you want on whatever date 
that you want. Um, and transformation can lead to amazing and beautiful things. Um, so like I said, it all depends on how you look at it. So those are my stripper thoughts for this week. I would like to now move on to a very dear friend of mine and our guest who I also believe might have experienced some transformation in this beautiful year of 2019. Today with me I have Danielle Henderson. Hello. What's up, queen? I'm just chilling here. Girl, you're going to have to get that big round thing closer to your face. All right. Yeah. How's this? (laughs) Much better. Um, how are you today? Thank you so much for being here, first of all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And, um, today is amazing. I'm feeling awesome. Yeah. So what do you, what are your quick thoughts on transformation and what maybe your own personal transformation has been this year? Um, quick thoughts on transformation. I totally agree with you. Uh, you can transform right now. You mm-hmm. don't have to wait till tomorrow or like you said, January 1st. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just an excuse for us to put off things. Right. Just do it today. Do it right now. Right. And um, as far as my own transformations, uh, where do I start? <laughs> um, I have learned to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. I have renewed my relationships with my parents wonderful which was a big deal I was king I was very honest with them and told them what I do I told them I dance oh snap yeah they did not have a positive reaction (laughs) but that's okay because now we have an open and honest relationship (laughs) we're definitely going to circle back to that story in a little bit but uh, you know finish your thoughts on transformation um and also uh just my how I react to things I'm not like I'm not hot-headed anymore with things like I don't need to like snap right away on people I can take a second and be like okay right what are their true intentions are they good or are they bad right it also helps me not care about certain things when um, people say bad things to me or I feel like it's all how I take things and how I react to things I've just kind of just changed my what's transformed I feel like is my view honestly my viewpoint of life amazing you think that came with age experience um I won't even say age, maybe experience. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> definitely experience the experiences I've been through. I'm definitely, I used to be a lot more naive. I still consider myself like a little naive, mm-hmm. but I look at it as a more positive trait now. <laughs> okay. And yeah, like you, there's so many new possibilities. Yeah. And things to learn. There's so yeah. many fun things to learn <laughs> exactly. and know about. Yeah. Um, and I, it's awesome because I can look back and I see how much I've come and how much I've grown. Yes. And I mean, we've been friends for a while. Yes. You, you've definitely seen me grow. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. Seen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So. Yeah. That's me and my transformation. You just like, like there's so many cans of worms in my brain right now um, <laughs> with so many things that you just said. So tell me the story about well first of all let's make it very clear danielle is a stripper here in los angeles mm-hmm. right now do you identify as a stripper where you work and would you do you feel comfortable talking about where you work yeah totally time? totally okay. i work at jumbo's clown room okay. i definitely classify myself as a stripper Hell i yeah. know not everyone does mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i have no qualms with the title right right <laughs> and so for anybody who doesn't know jumbo's clown room the reason why that's sort of a gray area whether or not dancers 
at jumbos are considered strippers or not is because it's a bikini club so there's full alcohol and there's different laws in los angeles about um you know zoning laws basically and so in hollywood if you have a full bar you have to have your nipples and um your pink bits i like to say covered <laughs> and, or purple uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. You're welcome. Um, and so at Jumbo's Clown Room, they're a bikini, but, you know, we do strip things off like a shirt or a dress, and we're still pole dancing, and we're dancing very provocatively. A lot of us are twerking. Um, I When I used to work at Jumbo's Clown Room, I used to pussy flick. Like, it's very, it can still be very sexually suggestive. However, we're mm. not hustling lap dances and um, we're not literally getting naked. So that's why it's a bit of a gray area. But yeah. I, I classified myself as a stripper as well. I do too. It's definitely not a go-go bar. We're not like right, literally right. just. Yeah. But I think that the reason why some dancers do classify themselves, and you tell you tell me your thoughts on this mm-hmm. after I say it, is because um, they maybe feel ashamed and don't want to be in the class as as strippers are. What do you think about that? I definitely would agree with that. Um, I definitely have worked with girls, especially at other clubs, too. I've worked with girls who are like, I'm not a stripper. I'm an exotic dancer. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on that. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm a dan- I'm an actual dancer. I'm an entertainer. How about that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just everything. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't care what you call yourself. We're both still about to go on stage and take our tops off. So right, right. It is right. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So... Back to you classify yourself as stripper at Jumbos. So Mm -hmm. coming out to your parents, tell us everything. So I was doing a forum at Landmark, actually. And a part of it was, um, you know, doing that, like not holding back and um, mending these relationships. Sure. So for our listeners that don't know, can you tell them just a brief synopsis of what Landmark, what that is to you? Um, Landmark to me is like a intensive (laughs) three day (laughs) workshop where you transform yourself and it gives you just like a whole different perspective of looking at the world and what you, what it is possible that you can do. Right. So that's definitely what I got from it was like, Oh wow! <laughs> like I could just—I just looked at everything. It just turned me on my head. Mm-hmm. I like feel like I walked into a different dimension where I was like, "Whoa, this Girl. is the world." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like waking up from like the Matrix or something. I don't know. <sighs> well, um, <laughs> but um, so I did that, and I did not want to have this conversation with my parents. Okay. And I was talking to my seminar leader, Pat, and he was just like all right, when you get, go, go do it right now. Go on your break. Go talk to your mom. Like, go call her. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, just dreading it. <sighs> and I was I like, chills. okay. So I was just like, okay. I was like, mom, I would like to be open and honest with you. I know that I've lied in the past, but I'm ready to have an open and honest relationship with you. And I want you to hold me accountable for that. And I want to let you know this whole time I've been dancing. Right. I'm safe. I'm having a good time. I'm making money. I'm not doing anything illegal. And um, I just want to be honest with you. And she, like, actually, I expected her to freak out. Okay. Because normally my parents would, like, lose their shit. Because they did find out that I um, danced a long time ago and I lied and said I quit. Okay. 
because man, they flew out my grandparents. Oh shit! To they tried to have me. an intervention. Oh yes, honey. A stripper intervention. They had a stripper intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I like totally avoided the phone calls. It was like end call, end call, end call. <laughs> like it was bad. Oh, I was like, I don't want to face my, my grandparents. And wow. My mom's like, you just need to talk to somebody. Like she thought I needed to get saved oh, or something. Dang. So I lied. And then finally I told her and she they I'm pretty sure they knew this whole time. I'm a terrible liar. OK, so I'm pretty sure they knew this whole time. And then finally I said, like, hey, mom, I'm doing this. Sure. And I felt so much so much. I felt grown in that moment. OK, I'm like, it's kind of like childish of me to sit there and like. One hundred percent. Parents are people, too. Yeah. They're just people. You're an adult now. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with your body. Exactly. Yeah. I woke up from the Matrix. I was like, yes, mom, clean. this is what I do. I love you. I care about you. You don't have to agree with it, but I'm doing it. And she was like, that's <laughs> chill. Yeah. She was just like, she's just like, okay, love you. Be safe. And I was like, that's it. Whoa, that's it. That all was right. all I got back in the text message. And I was literally wait, wait, like, she te- oh, so she, wait, she texted you. I did. You- I oh. called her. I did call her okay. and then I texted her and okay. then just, just like go over it again. Okay. And just like, in case you didn't hear me right. Yeah. Hey, I'm a stripper. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cause on the phone, she didn't really have much to say. Yeah. So I was kind of like, uh, and then I texted her and she was like, okay, love you. Okay, so it's almost like maybe a little, a slight avoidance, maybe? Yeah, just, just a little bit, but maybe I'm happy. shocked. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, even now, because my boyfriend's kind of this way, too, where it's like out of sight, out of mind. It's like, I don't really want to listen to all the details about it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But, you know, you're grown. Do you take mm-hmm, care of yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of um, background my mom was coming from. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting that he said that. Like, I don't really want to know all the details of it. It's like, yeah. well, I really don't want to know all the details of your stupid job all day either. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, even Steven, you know? Exactly. I, just, I love that, though. It's like, I don't want to know the details. Like, what makes you think I want you to give me a play-by-play of your entire day also? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. What, what girl you had to flirt with for whatever reason. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, it goes both ways. It does. Uh, I call it. Does. Yeah. Mm, on that I'm gonna put, let's get him on the phone <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that kind of show it was like Maury Povich style would just oh, have yeah. like people show up around the corner exactly that would be, be amazing well oh you're just talking shit about your boyfriend Gabe come on out <laughs> <laughs> so what about your dad my dad something a lot of people don't know is my dad um is kind of like narcissistic he has oh I can't I'm not a psychologist, so I can't say that he's a narcissist. Sure. But he has narcissistic tendencies. So um, the way he looks at women is a lot different. He look He's more misogynistic about things. Okay. So me and my sisters were not like equals ever to him. Uh, so he was above you. Yes. So okay. when I said that, of course, he's like, you can't do that. Always, he was always like that. And I had a, that's another thing I was forced to kind of. In that moment when I told him and he already he was just like, you can't do that and telling me what I can and can't do, I realized I had to accept my father for who he was. Okay. I was like, oh, you know, you're going to freak out and you're always going to be this way. You're always going to tell me what I can and can't do because right. that's you. And that's fine. I don't have to listen to you. And that's what I was talking about, how like changing my view on things is like people can say stuff. I don't have to get mad about it. And I don't right. have to. Oh my gosh, like, so interesting. Ruin my life over it. I don't have to like, you know. It's just annoying too because all these people are like, "Stop stripping! Stop stripping!" And it's like, who are all these people? My family. Okay. And it's like, 
they were coming at me about this. And I'm like, where were you guys when I was working three minimum wage jobs, living on my friend's couch in a studio apartment, digging through trash for recycling to pay my rent and just to eat, buy a pack of ramen noodles so I could have dinner. Right. I was eating ramen noodles for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, it's good, but it's not that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like living in the hood, like literally <laughs> the pimp knows my name on the corner. Like yeah. I'm literally like, <laughs> where okay. were you guys then? <laughs> it's so interesting how they, because I had a very similar conversation with my uncles and my family. I have a big family. Both my grandparents had seven children. So I referenced my very large family often. And um, they they were very concerned about my safety in the clubs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you, and they're like, why didn't you go to college instead? I'm like, uh, that's where girls get raped. Yeah. Um, I just listened to a song the other day written by a millennial, sang by a millennial, who the lyrics of the song are chug, chug, chug. I love drinking. I love girls. I was just with a naked girl the other day. Chug, chug, chug. And I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing in college. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm in a strip club with like huge bouncers watching over me. Right. And like conversely, you, you're, you're hanging out, you know, you're, there's pimps adjacent to you and there's probably other danger adjacent to you when yeah. you're making sure on I, had the to streets. Had, I had to take literally like a different way home every night. Right. So that versus you're in a club with a lot of people in a public place and there are people watching you at the door inside walking you to your car. How is that any more dangerous? It's not. Mm-mm. It's more way more safe. And I told my uncle, I was like, listen at college like girls get pressured to take their clothes off and drink a lot of alcohol and like hang out with the boys and be oh be a cool chick like hang out and do this right. and do that no one pressure well there's pressure in the strip clubs but there's cameras everywhere and the minute i say no to something that's like that's what's happening it's a no exactly exactly so that that especially argument, with all eyes on you you 100 percent. all eyes are always on you well hmm, girl, <laughs> but i mean you know i just find it really interesting that the the misunderstanding of how actually safe we are mm-hmm. and versus what people think right um so you know i just want to do some like myth busting basically yeah. in, in general and just kind of you know stamp out the what's the word I'm looking for when people think something that's not true I guess not stigma but like stereotypes yeah there you go thank you words are hard got you they are (laughs) so have you talked to them again since then and things kind of like chilled out and they dropped it or is Um, it like are they still trying to save you no, they're not trying to save me anymore. I am a lost cause to them. Oh, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. They just know. I mean, my my family knows me. I've always been the child that's like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I am no like okay. little insecure little girl. Like right. I'm definitely like, oh, this is what I'm doing. When right. I moved to L.A., I was like, oh, I'm moving to L.A. next week. Bye. And they were like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> right like, I, they're like i'm not even gonna bother she's I'm gonna not do even what gonna, she's gonna yeah. do okay so something that you mentioned um which i kind of took to be one thing and then you said something and it just totally like blew my mind so you said that you've learned to sort of overcome things that people say to you mm-hmm. then you just kind of let it roll off your back yeah um in my mind, I was thinking, oh, she's talking about being in the strip club and like customers saying dumbass things and then you said you know, that it was kind of in regards to you knew what your dad was going to say. And mm-hmm. and he's he's going to be like, he's like that. I choose him for him. 
and therefore I'm letting this roll off my back. Mm -hmm. So because initially my question was going to be to you, like, how did working in the strip clubs and dealing with the bullshit that people say to us on a regular basis, like shape and form you in everyday life outside of the club? Oh, it made me better. It made me so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I... I mean, I'm a social butterfly, but I don't always pick up on social cues. And <laughs> no, well, I know, girl. <laughs> I I've experienced it. Right, I'm the girl where you're like, oh, look, that person over there, don't look, and I'm like, who? Him? Like, <laughs> so being in a strip club kind of taught me how to pick up on those certain social cues like that, where okay. I can be like in a situation, I can be in a dangerous situation, and know like, oh where I, I know where all the exits are. I'm thinking like, oh, this person's talking kind of crazy. I see this probably escalating. Mm-hmm. Like I know like when I'm in, just going out with my friends, I can like understand those situations. And also along the lines of people t- saying stuff to me, it made me desensitize to it. Yeah. So now when people are like, you're ugly. And I'm like, hell me. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm ugly. Oh, <laughs> like you know what I mean. It's, it becomes it's like, funny after a while. It is hilarious now when people yeah. try to make fun of me. Yeah, they're like, "Wow, you're short or you're ash." I remember like a customer was like, "Oh, you need." Uh, he's like, "Your lips are ashy. You need lip gloss." And I was like, "Ah, oh, word. Hey, um, <laughs> I put some lip gloss on my lips for ten bucks. <laughs> you want to pay me to gloss these lips? <laughs> I know you. You you need to pay for this fantasy of me having unchapped lips, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's amazing. Also, I've like gained so much like respect for myself uh-huh. and being like and so much confidence, like mm. nobody can tell me nothing. I used to be like very nervous doing auditions for acting." Yeah. I can walk in a room now. I like just turn it on. Like it's like how Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. I have Ruby. Like I have my little stripper alter ego that's Oh like, Ruby's just, your stripper alter ego. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I just turn her on and I walk into a room. It's like it's just weird. I feel like it's like sucker punch where she's dancing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um my my partner, uh Antonia Crane and I were just talking about this this morning and I was looking at my Instagram profile and I was like, She's cute. You know, I was, like, <laughs> I was looking at just like the tiles, you know, yeah. and I was just like, look at me. I'm like, eh, like in every, eh, every <laughs> picture, you know, and like, that's not who I am about, like, I, I'd say that's me about 10% of my day and my mm-hmm. life. The other 90% is like organizing and planning and writing and, you know, talking to my cats and funny voices and yeah. talk, really talking to my family, like digging deep, you know, reading books, like watching the office. Like I'm not just sitting at home naked, squeezing my tits all day. But if you look at my Instagram account, that's <laughs> for sure what you think I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's mad content to back that up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I just imagine that you're in a pile of sticky notes. Like literally. I, because I probably am. Yeah. <laughs> So you should see the lists of to do's on my desk. Anyway, so I think that's really interesting that you're saying it's like because I was talking to Antonia about it today, how it's just like it's like this character. I just it's like stepping into another world. I was literally talking to someone last night and he was like, oh, I get that you guys like have your personalities and it's a defense mechanism. And I'm like, no. Not at wow, all. That's so <laughs> off base. Yeah, I just like laughed at him though. That's like that's the kind of stuff when someone says something to me, and I just laugh. 
Yeah, I'm, you have to. I'm like, no, it's just a splinter of myself, actually. Yeah. I am literally this confident in real life. It's just that I'm not half naked all the time. Yeah. And Gosh, I have so much to say about that. Yeah. They literally just think that that's all we are is that one dimension of that person cut to who are they at work versus who are they at home or even who they are in a strip club i'm like well you're an asshole here 100 percent of the time so are you an asshole in real life yeah exactly (laughs) wow that's fascinating so what is like the craziest thing you think someone's ever said to you um hmm. what do i choose for my long list i know um probably oh you're really beautiful for a black girl girl that's right i've heard you tell me that one before yeah that is the absolute most that's just so like what are you thinking type of thing i make everything a joke i always have like some form of a clap back every single time so what was your clap back to that one oh my clap back is like oh well you're white so do you have a little dick (laughs) <laughs> what? and then he was like oh, oh i didn't shit. mean it that way i meant it as a compliment but he like realized when i said that how dumb right. he sounded yeah i think it's really important to like it to let people know like how ridiculous you're you're sounding because yeah. then they're just gonna keep saying that and keep repeating that to other people and think it's okay exactly. to get away with um and i always make it a joke too so it's like kind of hilarious but kind of serious at the same time right right so they don't feel like specifically attacked yeah yeah yeah. because i know like i've also learned through my transformation (laughs) that uh fighting fire if you come at someone with fire you better expect a huge fireball back because that's exactly what happens but i learned that if i joke around if i joke to someone usually i'll joke back and i still can get my point across without totally yeah lighting up the place you know what i mean yeah i definitely feel you on that i feel like i i don't go after things with anger anymore i'm definitely like when you say something to me that's like really annoying or Mm -hmm. shitty a lot of times my reaction now is and then you know i literally am like shrugging and um and and then i think of just a normal response not a like well fuck you then which is what you know i used to tell people like i will fucking kill you i literally used to threaten death on people yeah i was a little i had a little anger inside (laughs) me um yeah yeah, that had nothing to do with stripping by the way um but yeah i think that's great it's to like ease into it and be a little like kinder because i think a lot of people say that stuff Mm -hmm. because no one's ever checked them and yeah. also, the, a lot of people have a hard time seeing beyond their own nose. So, as, yeah. especially if he's a white man talk, saying that to oh, you, yeah. they, they has no idea what it's like to be in your shoes. I'm not defending him by any means, mm-hmm. um, but they when when they're when they're checked, like how you did yeah. that, it really. I, I hope that that made him think. And, well, I and think I like learned from that just growing up in a white neighborhood, mm-hmm. like that being a black girl in a white neighborhood and growing up with that. I learn not to get angry because I started realizing that some people are just ignorant about certain cultures. Right, right. Especially when it comes to stripper culture because everyone just assumes we're some kind of way. Yeah. So when people say shit to me, I like, it goes back to the intention thing. Mm-hmm. Not saying I'm perfect because I do mess up sometimes and I snap. Sure. But I have been learning to like, be like, what is their true intention? Are they truly trying to cause me harm? Like, do I need to like puff up my chest right mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Because this person may be harmful or are they just do, th- is there a miscommunication or just some knowledge that they aren't aware of? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it's just like people are just ignorant of the culture. Right. 
So yeah. So that that's actually a perfect segue into a topic that you and I have talked about in the past, which is you being um, a black girl growing up mm-hmm. in a predominantly white neighborhood and mm-hmm. how that sort of shaped you. And, um, you know, you have talked to me in the past about how you were guilty of um, cultural misappropriation. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that conversation that we had? A little bit. Yeah, it was me. like about um, like braiding hair and, oh, yeah. and like how you would braid the white girl's hair yeah right? and yeah. then can you can you talk a little bit about like what that was like learning that for you and like how it's kind of shaped your mentality um on that subject now yeah so when I first heard about like cultural appropriation with like white girls wearing braids I didn't get it honestly mm-hmm. because I used to braid white girls hair for money when I was little so I was right. like whatever like that's I even today I'll braid like all my friends hair for money you know yes, what I mean I know, queen you braided yes. mine <laughs> uh so I never looked at it that way I'm yeah. just like whatever but um I definitely looked into it because okay. I was going to an event I was going to Babetown Fest and I was going to be can you br- say that again you oh, were going where Babetown Fest yeah and uh, I needed to <laughs> I needed to um be a little aware of that okay not a little I needed to be aware of it okay and I needed to be aware of like you know I didn't want any of my friends to get like you know pounded on social media okay so um I learned that you know it's more of like the fact that black women can't really and this makes sense because this is true in the stripper industry too. Yeah, as perfect. a black woman, I usually have to look like a Barbie doll when I go audition for clubs to get right. in. Like I won't get hired if I'm just wearing like my little fro. Think times are changing, but when I first started, it was not like that. Like I couldn't get. I, right. They wouldn't hire me if I was wearing a fro, or if like I didn't have a weave in my hair. I used to work at Hooters, and I took my weave out, and like a month later, they were like, "You don't meet the." hooters like you know Mm. standards so you have to go no way they fired you for taking your weave out yes what yes so i because they kept asking me like oh you're gonna put your hair back in and i'm like nah and i had a relaxed like hair or whatever i Uh didn't care but um what society just has pressure on black women to like look a certain way and i know certain companies have changed that like i mean i have dreads in my hair right now and if i wanted to go get hired somewhere like if there was another black girl next to me and her hair was pressed and buttered, they would like probably hire her over me because I right. like don't fit a certain image because my hair is in its natural like state. So I understood that's what I got from it. Um, and that's why I understand why it's like such a big deal when like white girls wear braids because it's a privilege for them to wear the braids because they look cool. They look hot. And then when we wear them, we're ghetto and Right. You know, we're loud and we just get this huge stereotype pushed on us. And once I saw that, and especially because I can relate to it, yeah, I realized like, but um, I still feel like, you know, it's a part of my culture that I wanted to share. Right. That's what I was. My contribution to that festival was, was, you know, I wanted to share my culture and it was a right. We were, all exchanging our gifts and our cultures between each other. Right. So I feel like that's different when the exchange is equal, but when people do things and the exchange is not, or you're not just aware mm-hmm. of what's going on, I think that's when it becomes an issue. Okay. Like when they're not aware of how they're yeah um, maybe disrespecting the culture by 
dressing yeah. that way or or it's you like know, walking around like a geisha and knowing mm-hmm. nothing about the history right, or right. you know yeah that's a great example or like wearing what's it called a yarmulke just as a fashion <laughs> statement you know what i mean like you're like oh this looks cute look at me and my yarmulke yeah. me and my friends i don't think anyone's at risk <laughs> i don't think everyone's wearing a yarmulke to look I don't, cute but you never know <laughs> you girl you, it's true <laughs> you, you don't, don't ever know yeah exactly there so, were a lot of weird trends in the 90s so yeah and braids aren't necessarily like a black girl thing it's an everybody thing but i mean you know like Sure, but there's a certain way, right? When yeah. you braid your hair. Yeah. So, like, white girls, it's like okay to have French braids. Yeah. But not but like, like the cornrows. Cornrows with crazy things right. and stuff like that. Or I personally, again, I personally don't mind sharing that bit of my culture. But what I also remind people of is you can't base like an opinion of a culture off of one person. A culture is not one person, it's a whole bunch of people. Right. So, I'm like, Although I don't care, other people might care. One person might not care if you wear a yarmulke as a fashion statement, but the other part of the culture might care. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of goes back to people are going to say what they're going to say based yeah. on their own mentality and experiences exactly. and situations. Yeah. yeah, and you can't please everybody. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like it kind of goes back to that viewpoint of like, I just look at things so differently now. I'm just like... I, I, I rather look at the bigger picture and I see bigger goals. Like I would love to share our culture more with people. I think it helps people become more educated about it. I'm like, I rather share braids with people and then be like, oh yeah, back in the day, this is what they used to do. Yeah. And I'd rather do that and share my culture. And talk about like why they started braiding their hair and like yeah. how, yeah, what it mean? does it, and I don't know, like does it mean something to them? It Was it out of functionality? Was it as a style? Do it was you- more like a style just because like your hair, like just being out, uh-huh. we're so socialized. It's I feel like it's not as bad as it used to be, but when I was younger, definitely, like if you walked around with an afro, your hair was nappy. Got it. And yeah. that's not cute. Your edges couldn't be laid or anything. Not like this, like how my hair looks right now with these dreads and my edges aren't like Queen, laid down. I think you look beautiful just Thank the way you, you are. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm rocking it. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so. speaking of goals, you are, besides being a stripper, mm-hmm. you have been working on some other things yes. in your life. Definitely. And I want to know all about it. I want you to tell me everything. I know that you're writing screenplays. Mm-hmm. You're a singer. Um, you're an actor, an actor. Um, yes. So, yeah, just like free ball it, man. Like, tell me everything. Well, I just started screenwriting. I've been writing my entire life. Okay. And I wrote a TV pilot about that was a stripper mockumentary. It's basically The Office in a strip club. Th- that's like, OK, like I'm, my <laughs> wet dream. Like, literally, I might be wet right now. I can't tell if it's my period or I'm actually wet. But yes. yeah, like The Office is my all time favorite show <laughs> and stripping is my all time favorite job. So awesome. Um, like, can I get like a consulting role on this show? Of course. Okay. Yes, you're in. Fuck yeah. All right, but, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to Oh, no, it's good. I, I love hearing about it. You know, <laughs> share me with all your compliments. Um, it's called The Day Shift Show, and um, I plan on turning that into a web series. But what came out of it was an opportunity for me to learn more about screenwriting. I now have a mentor, and she's teaching me how to write my first TV pilot. And okay. we're going to pitch it and Hell we're going to yeah. do everything. Yeah. So I'm very excited. What do you mean we're going to do everything? What does that mean? That means that we are going to write. She's going to help me write it. Okay. And edit. And then 
we're going to film it or make a short film of it. Oh, so you're like literally it. doing all the work yourself. Yes. Okay. She's teaching. She, we're going through the whole uh, routine of it. And I'm so excited to be there to like pitch it and like just see this process through. Yeah. And I'm also trying to write as many movies as I can and submitting them to a lot of uh, fellowships for different entertainment companies. How many movies have you written so far? Just one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And we're just that started. one I can't even use. It's like based off of Mortal Kombat and it's called Scorpion's Revenge. So. <laughs> <laughs> the origins of scorpion are um, you serious i'm dead serious <laughs> <laughs> okay so right. and also i like an idea for a live action sailor moon but that's a whole nother okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um so i'm working on that and i also my boyfriend's a music producer mm -hmm. so i him and i we've been working together he's been teaching me a lot about production and i've been learning how to sample music which is where i like I'll sing gospel chords and then he'll take the gospel chords and he'll like pitch them up or speed them up or slow them down or do some cool stuff to it. Okay. And he'll take a piece of it and turn that into an entire beat. Amazing. So I'm also learning how to do that. Okay. Lots of education in do 2019. Do that as far as like editing? Production. Oh, right on. Yeah. Music yeah. production. And last but not least, wait, I covered everything. So singing, acting. Oh, acting mm -hmm. along with my screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And there was one. Oh, I am also a committed committee member of Babe Town Fest. Yes, you are. It's a wonderful female empowerment retreat that we do every single year. Yeah. It's amazing. Talk about transformation. That's like the most amazing retreat you can possibly go to. You're just around women and they're all like not just like any woman. They're all bosses and they're all yeah. strong and powerful and we literally just feel so comfortable. It feels like a family. Like you walk away with like a new family. Yeah. I'm still friends with a lot of the girls from the festival. I'm just yeah. really excited for 2020. Yes. I'm so excited for this. Yes. That sounds awesome. Yes. I'm also excited to know more about that event. Psych, I'm on the committed committee. <laughs> <laughs> But amazing. Yes. Yeah, yes. you're right. That is trans transformative. It's like it's such an amazing experience every time. It's refreshing. It's like yeah. a bap it's like a feminine baptizing. You know, what what Danielle's not actually saying is that she runs a social media account and I mm. love the quotes that you find for every post on yeah. the Babe Town Fest Instagram account, which is at Babe Town Fest, by the way, if you want to follow that. <laughs> um, and you just find these really female empowering type quotes. Um, yeah. And I think that they're just so well suited to everything you choose. And I'm always like in awe of, of how well you choose the things to write and like express that event. It's really, it's Thank really Thank you very amazing. much. See, You're that's welcome. why I'm writing. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, duh, that makes so much sense. I get it now. You're a writer. Oh my God. Um, is, is there anything else that you, because I want to talk about um, what tips, stripper tips you have mm -hmm. for our audience. But, um, you know, is, is, before we do that, though, I do want to really quickly circle back to, like, the climate in the strip clubs mm -hmm. and, like, what you've been feeling on a personal level, like, from your own perspective. Because, mm -hmm. listen, I could talk for, like, five hours on my own perspective of the climate inside the strip clubs, but 
um, I'm immersed in what's going on in the strip clubs in Los Angeles. Yeah. And um, the the climate currently is deplorable from owner owners and managers to strippers and how they're treating their workers. Um, but you, you're not learning as much about it, but you still feel it. You still see yeah. and know what's going on. So I'm really interested in like from a fresh perspective, what you're seeing and feeling about the, the current climate. Well, what I'm definitely seeing is mandatory tips and it's mm -hmm. kind of always like been that way and it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it's very frustrating and, um, I feel like they shouldn't be allowed to even like, and they're not allowed to even tell us what to tip or how to tip or right. who we should tip. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's like you're on, you're, you're, you should be getting paid like by the hour, have some kind and of salary. Are. Yeah. And it's not fair that I'm up here dancing. That's like literally, what if a, a ballerina had to tip out everybody in the fucking theater? Right. So just for <laughs> our audience that like might not know what mandatory tipping is, can you just explain that to someone who's like, it's their first time? Okay. So you work a shift at the club and at the end of the night, you go to the back and you tip out multiple people, such as bartenders, security guards at some clubs, the manager, I know, <laughs> the doorman, yeah. the valet, and um, they expect a hefty tip or else they do not function properly within their jobs. Right. So um, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. So why do you think, why are we tipping these people? If somebody like I, yes. I know, listen, I know all the answers, but for somebody who has no clue, why do you have to tip the bartender and the bouncer and the manager and the everybody else? Honestly. Oh, because if you don't, you are cut. <laughs> <laughs> you will find yourself jobless and on the streets and eating ramen for and eating breakfast, ramen lunch, and for breakfast, lunch and dinner for sure. <laughs> I know so many ramen recipes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um Definitely, definitely. I've seen girls go who don't or don't get shifts, get their shifts cut if they're not tipping. Yeah, properly. but that's not like that. That's that's not a real reason. And I, I'm all, and I'm playing devil's advocate right now. Mm -hmm. Why do the strippers need to tip the bartenders? Why is that mandatory? Besides, you get cut or you get hassled. Why? Why do you have to tip the bartenders and the bouncers? I don't think I should have to tip them at all, to be quite honest. But right. um. They claim like they they're looking out for us. They're watching out for us. I feel like it's so they can do their jobs. Like if you tip a certain security guard a certain amount of money, they're going to look out for you extra. Mm -hmm. They're going to do their job yeah. instead of look the other way like mm -hmm. some of them do. A lot right. Of them do. And bartenders, I don't even know why we're tipping bartenders. I don't get they it. They make so much they money. They make so much money as it is. You're getting paid usually above minimum wage. And then on top of that, yeah. you're making tips. They make tips too, yeah. Uh, if anything, it makes sense if you tip us. Yeah, because we're the reason people are coming here. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You're right, girl. You're right. Yes. Why isn't it? They should be tipping us. We do more work for them than the barbacks do. I got into an argument with a bartender once because of this, and I was kind of drunk, and I meant not to. Were you? Start, start. Yes, I wasn't, <laughs> trying to, I wasn't trying to start a fire, but I kind of did, and then I went back and just was like, my bad. I didn't mean to come at you heavy. Those are my feelings. Sure. Do with them what you will. Right. Um, but I got an argument with her because I was like, this bar would be nothing without the dancers. And she's right. like, yes, it would. I mean, it's Jumbo's Clown Room. And I'm like, but what is Jumbo's Clown Room? 
it's a bikini bar. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, literally like, I'm like, you guys don't even have like a, all the good ass liquor here. You guys would be actually a shitty bar. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You'd have yeah. to lower your prices. You'd be expensive shitty bar. Right. So I'm like, I started arguing with her being like, I don't get why I have to tip you guys out when one, you don't like, they're not doing their jobs as properly as any other bar does it. Right. It's very frustrating. It's just annoying. And a lot of times you may, I feel sorry for people who aren't like as strong of a backbone as me. Cause I right. can only imagine how they're being treated. The other dancers you mean? Yeah. The other dancers. I can only imagine how those dancers are being treated. I'm like, I'm more of like a aggressive person. So mm -hmm. if I don't like something, mm -hmm. I literally live my life like I have nothing to lose. I'm yeah. Just like, I mean, as far as I know, what's happening in the strip clubs in Los Angeles is they're being treated horribly. Yeah. Horribly. Um, and, you know, if anyone's listening to this that feels like if they're, you're dancing in L.A. and you feel like you're being treated very fairly, I'd really like to hear that story um, mm -hmm. because I just hear the opposite everywhere. And it would just warm my heart to know that someone's being treated fairly, especially in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if anyone's listening, like give me a holler because I want to know. I mean, there was a point where I thought I was being treated fairly, but I feel like it was because I was brainwashed and they were making me feel, and this is not, I'm sorry, not all of these comments are towards Jumbo's comment room. These are like all, any strip club this that I've general worked comments. at. Got general it. comments. Thank you. Um, but I, they make me feel like you should be grateful that we're paying you by the hour. <laughs> you should be grateful that we gave you a job. Right. And I'm like, I can go apply for a hey job guys, on I Craigslist and go work somewhere else. You and Craigslist. <laughs> like, <laughs> Good luck finding one. <laughs> but you're right. I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Like, I can go find a job. I'm like, it's not the job, it's the tips. And if you're taking my yes, tips, I've got a problem podcast. with you. I'd rather be right. you. Follow us on right. Twitter at yes. so, a stripper That's pod. my thing. Yeah. Yes, All right. a stripper well, podcast. Is so your vote on We had a meter. I want a digital AM Okay. On a scale of. Be sure to email any questions or comments. Really. Really, yes, really, a stripper bad, podcast really, really, at really gmail.com. What do you think? The if you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram um, and at just the Queen of Sexy. You can also check me out on yeah, yeah, my yeah. website, thequeenofsexy.com. Like I would, really I would give really it a good. solid three. A three. Because that's so over here. Yeah. Because at the very least, people are still making money. But people are being taken advantage of ever since these laws came into place. I don't ever get what doesn't make sense to me is when people make laws about the sex industry. I'm like, why aren't there sex? Why aren't they interviewing sex industry people? Why aren't they asking well, us? Well, so <clears throat> like asking us how we want to be protected. Yeah. To clarify the AB5 law that just got passed. Um, it, so the AB5 is different from the laws that changed mm -hmm. um so the law never changed actually okay um the laws was just rewritten oh like reinforced well yeah so the original the original way that they used to classify workers with the way the law was written it was mm -hmm. a very gray area it was a 20 long questionnaire 20 20 questions just on a 20 questions <laughs> yeah it was 20 questions and if you and then the, the statement was and this is written by the government originally if you say yes to the first 10 to the majority of the first 10 questions then you classify your workers as such if you say no to the majority of the second the last 10 questions then you classify your workers as such so it was a very very gray area because especially mm -hmm. for strippers we 
like we were like even. So it's like, fuck, which one are we? And so they rewrote the law to make it very clear. And now it's yeah. just three questions. And, the and main, it not only applies to strippers, right? It's it like makeup to, artists. Or and Uber drivers, makeup artists, translators, like uh, linguistic translators and mm-hmm. um, and hairstylists and strippers. And so they weren't writing the law with sex workers in mind. Yeah. Um, they weren't writing the law with any one particular industry in mind, actually. They were writing the law with their payroll taxes that they've not been able to collect in mind mm, because you. all of these employers had been um, classified misclassifying their workers in order to save themselves the payroll tax mm-hmm. um and so that that's why the law was rewritten it was never changed we were always meant to be employees yeah. technically and i read the law before and after and yeah. i did determine even though it was gray Mm-hmm. There's loopholes. We still ultimately should have been classified as employees this entire time. Yeah. And the AB5 law is just what solidified it and made it recognizable on a federal level. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they did not have us in mind. They usually don't. Okay. Got but, it. But, girl, we're getting louder and louder. So, yeah. yeah the Hootie the who? winds are, in, are changing. Um. Okay. So, I want to kind of move on to stripper tips wanna be fabulous, wanna be fabulous, fabulous just, like just like these strippers pay attention, pay attention. It's, it's stripper tips stripper tips I know you have good stripper <laughs> tips. I want at least two. These are things that either strippers can utilize or civilian civilians can utilize in their yeah. everyday life as well. So go for it. So stripper tip number one how to lazily maintain the Get bush ready for area. a rapid fire question <laughs> round. It's time for lazily. Four for one. Lazily. I don't, you know, I like to clean up every now and again down there, but Mm -hmm. I get lazy and, you know, sometimes I just don't want to wax. Maybe I do want to grow up my bush. Okay. So what I've learned to do Mm -hmm. is to one, wear two layers of underwear to pat that bush down. Okay. And (laughs) also um, wearing high-waisted shorts with Uh a revealing top really Ah, works. Okay. It really works. Okay. It depends on the um, definitely... How vast your forest is. Ooh, okay. But um, mine's very thick. So I usually wear like high-waisted shorts to cover it and nobody ever notices. Nobody notices. Until I go into the back room and everyone's like, whoa, girl. (laughs) 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 Got a little village living in there. (laughs) (laughs) And also um, I like to bring like, I'll bring wax strips with me to the club. So sometimes I'm like, if I'm like, oh, okay, I could clean up a little bit. You just wax in the dressing room? Yeah, girl. I'll just be like, smack it on, rip it off. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a real woman. All right. What's your, (laughs) oh my God. What's your next stripper tip? My next stripper tip, hmm, I'm going to say body odor. Okay. There's nothing worse than being hungover and waking up and you just smell like straight, like you just dove into a pool of perfume yeah like, so oh. what i've started doing is baby wipes are your go-to okay. my mom always told me this when i was little because when i was going through puberty you know you sweat a lot yeah so instead of just piling on deodorant and piling on deodorant okay and spray yeah wipe your body down with a baby wipe first okay i usually do that actually after every set i'll wipe myself down with a baby wipe oh it's like freshening re- your skin yeah before yeah. reapplying okay especially before reapplying because if you're just packing it on you're just gonna walk around like a human perfume ball yeah it gets gross after a while yeah it okay. definitely does those are really good tips the baby Thank wipes you. got it baby wipes, got it girl. 
All right. So for our last segment with Danielle, um, I want to do something that we're calling a four for one. It's a play on two for one, three for one, four for one lap dances. Mm -hmm. It's one segment, four questions. It's rapid fire questions. So you're basically going to randomly pick these questions and I'm going to open them up and lay them out and I'm going to read them off to you one by one. Get ready for our rapid-fire question round. It's time for four for one. There are awesome. rules to this. Okay. okay. I wrote my rules down. I'm very <laughs> organized. Yes, you are. Sticky note central. The rules are you can't ask me questions. When I ask you a question, you don't say, well, do you mean this or do you mean that? No. Gotcha. You don't ask questions. You interpret it as you wish. So if you want it to mean whatever way you want it to mean, that's what it means to you doesn't matter what it means to me or to mm -hmm. the listener. Um, if your answer is not the multiple choice given, then say what your choice is. For instance, if I say, do you prefer chocolate or vanilla? Feel free to say strawberry if you don't like chocolate or vanilla. Gotcha. Do you get it? Because I'm not going to sit there and write every fucking multiple choice answer for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and the number one question is don't ask what any of them means or what you think I mean when I ask you the question. Don't mm -hmm. ask questions. Just answer them and answer it as fast as you can. Got it. Okay. Cool. All right. How many am I picking? Four. Got it. So four for one, queen. Four for one. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Don't look. I'm just kidding. You can't see. <laughs> Hold on, was there two in there? Hold on. Well, this is two. That was two for Oh, that was a three for one. Hey, let's just do oh, those. Oh, damn. Okay. Hey, you go up there. There you go. Four. So that was an actual four for one. <laughs> I actual Reached four in for once one. and grabbed four. All right. Hold on. Don't look. Don't okay, look while I get looking. these ready. Oh, my God. That was a good one. Hold on. I'm going to flip them over. I can see you looking. I can't, I can't read from that far. <laughs> <laughs> there was five in there, actually. Gotcha. Remember, they gotta be fast answer. Got you. Hold on, let me put them in a certain order. Who knows what's gonna come out of my head? This one. Okay. All right. First question: Bra or no bra? No bra. What's your go-to Netflix show? Uh, Faster. Rick and Morty. <laughs> Dog or cat person? Cat. Favorite type of underwear to wear? None. Nice. <laughs> 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 that was pretty easy. We can do more if you want because we're editing them. You want to yeah, pick more? Yeah, let's do it. Those All right, pick more. Let's I see if like we get better games. answers. Let's see if we get better ones. Pick another four. So. Some of them are scandalous. Those ones you picked like non-scandalous ones. Man. One is pretty scandalous. My innocent fingers. I was like almost scratched it out before <laughs> I did it. Ooh. Yeah. Scandalous. Oh, that one's silly. Oh, yeah, that one's good. <clears throat> All right. Let's go. Here we go. Favorite midnight snack? Ice cream. What's your fake real name? Rubina. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite color combination? No more than three colors. Uh, light blue, yellow, and baby pink. Okay. <laughs> How do you sleep at night? Um, on my back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With Gabe on top of me. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. Gotta awesome. stay warm, you know? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I want to kind of wrap up. I think this was like a really excellent session. I feel like I learned a lot from you and a lot about you today. Um, is there anything else that you want to, that you feel like you want to add or talk about before we close out? Is there any messages that you have? The only message I'm going to send out there is you can transform your life you can be whoever you want to be you can do whatever the fuck you want to do no matter what your mom dad sister cousin or obra says so go out there kick ass and become the person that you want to be right on but Oprah is usually right, though. Oprah is pretty yeah, much usually right. Sorry. You should probably yeah. actually listen to her. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah, yeah I definitely would love you. to do this again when you, um, when your your screenplay stuff like gets like yeah when you're when you're like close to being famous, basically. So you can talk about what that's like totally. that new chapter of your life. Totally. Awesome. Rad. Well, this has been our first episode of Yes, a Stripper podcast. Thanks. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.